So, hi, Miss Marin. Thank you so much for being here. I'm looking forward to finding out about your job. But before we get to the career, we're going to talk a little bit about your personal and teenage years. Okay. So what were you like when you were 13? I think when I was 13, I was uh, pretty quiet. I was more of a shyer kid who, you know, I did lots of activities and played sports, and but I was very academic, so I was like the nerdy kid in the class. What were your favorite classes? Oh, I always loved math and science growing up. Really? Wow. Yeah. I've had like three people say that. I'm like, I don't get it. No <laughs> one in my class liked math. Now, I always loved math because you can, like, there's an answer to every question. Hmm. That there's, you know, you get into English and it's all about interpreting things. But with math, you either, it's right or wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I love the logic of math. I, I've always loved, like, logic puzzles and whatever. Yep. So what were some of your, like, particular skills and hobbies? So I was a Girl Scout. Growing up, I think I was in Girl Scouts for seven or eight years, all the, into the start of middle school, and I always loved the camping trips that we got to go on. And when I was younger, I think probably most of my hobbies were surrounded by just the activities I was in, and so a lot of it was team sports. I was in soccer and basketball, lots of those type of things as well. So moving up to high school, how did you go about gaining? I think in high school, I took a lot of the more advanced classes just because that was the track I was on. But I, through that, we got to be, do like AP biology and chemistry and those type of classes. And that was something that really got me thinking about what kind of career I wanted or, you know, showed me kind of different opportunities. And as far as just gaining skills, I think I eventually, you know, in high school, you're not really thinking about doing something because you're trying to gain a skill, but you're just kind of taking opportunities that come your way. Yeah. So were you part of any clubs or organizations or anything? I was. And, you know, now that it's been 20-some years, it's hard to remember what they all were. (laughs) But in high school, let's see, I was, we had, like, honor society and a couple service clubs. So that was something that I think, like, starting with Girl Scouts when I was really young was, and just, like, my family influence doing things for serving others or volunteering was something that was always encouraged and so I was in a couple clubs that did volunteerism and that type of service. So were you very serious about school and grades and all of that? I was and you know I don't know why I was other than I think it was some competition with my sister who is a year older than me and she always got good grades so therefore like I had to also. (laughs) So. So it wasn't like pressured by parents at all or was probably it just- a little bit there was some encouragement to do well in school and maybe just that like trying to do well at anything you take on you know instead of just doing it halfway like if you're going to bother to do it do it well did you slash what was your college and degree and whatever Sure, yeah. I went to a liberal arts college for college. I went to Willamette University in Salem, Oregon, and I got a biology degree. And then I I also went to grad school and got a master's degree in forest ecology later on. Then you kind of knew what you wanted to be doing? Yeah, it took a while after college. You know, in college you're kind of learning 
basics and learning how to learn and teach yourself things. But then, yeah, going to grad school, I'd figured out kind of more of a specific career path by then. And how did you choose your college? I think it's really hard to choose a college, especially if you don't have people who in your life who are like are interested in the career you're interested in. I didn't know anybody growing up who was in science at all. And so asking people like, well, I think I might want to study biology. What should I do? You know, I think it was hard to get good college advice, but I, I mostly picked because I wanted to go to a smaller school. And then, of course, finances make a big difference. You know, you apply to different schools and you get the best financial aid at a certain school. And so that was that was a deciding factor as well. So was the fact that it was like a smaller college one of like your favorite things about it? I think that was when I was deciding that was important to me. And I think it worked well for me because in a, at a smaller school, you get more opportunities for like mentorship. Professors have more time to, you know, smaller classes and more time mm-hmm. to actually work directly with you. But I think it wouldn't really have mattered at this point. I think looking back, I think what really matters, like figuring out what you want to do and like looking for those opportunities and those are going to be there. You know, it's like learning to ask for opportunities matters. And then you can find, once you're asking for opportunities or looking for them, you can find them no matter what school you go to. So this is how I interpreted something you said, correct me if I'm wrong, but you took some time in between getting your degree in biology and then the one in... Yeah, a master's degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what were you doing in that time? So after graduating college, I joined the Peace Corps. So I was a Peace Corps volunteer for two years and got the opportunity. It's a pretty awesome program that our government has an opportunity to send you to some country and let you travel for two years. But yeah, I was a Peace Corps volunteer in Paris and I was teaching gardening, like school gardening to elementary and middle school students there and also working with some agroforestry which is really just kind of like how trees are incorporated on farms so after a couple years in Paraguay you know I came back and was looking at now I need a real career so thinking about whether I wanted to just get a job or get another go back to grad school and through the job experience I had in college I figured out that really I needed a more specialized degree and a grad degree to, to, you know, not to get a job, but to get a job that was going to become a long-time career. So that's why I went back to, to grad school. Yeah. And so you previously mentioned that um, choosing a college had a lot to do with, like, the finances. So does the Peace Corps pay for or So... That's a great question. They do not necessarily pay for college, but essentially you're, you're, you're agreeing to volunteer and go live in a different country and live basically at the same, the same income that the average person there lives on. So you have to be willing to live at a different 
standard of living than you might in the U.S. But it's also, to me, I saw that as a great opportunity to go travel and see places I never would think to go. So for me, that was the big draw, like the opportunity to, for one, learn Spanish. I had been a Spanish minor in college and I was wanting to learn Spanish. And the best way to learn a language is to actually live in the place. But also just the opportunity to, to really kind of like stay long enough in a place to get to know it well you don't get to do that as a tourist. And But the Peace Corps does have a couple kind of perks when you come back. I knew that I was maybe interested in public service, which is like state or local or federal government jobs. And the Peace Corps, when you come back after serving, you have kind of like a hiring bonus where you can kind of get your foot in the door. So that was something that did benefit me after I came back. And like, are there or were there any like opportunities or scholarships that were kind of based off of like the experience that you'd had? Yeah, I think it, you know, it's a little more it's not a direct benefit or scholarship you get, but but I think I look at that my experience in the Peace Corps was huge in changing how I look at life and how I look at the world, just like having the opportunity to see life through a totally different culture really changed my outlook on you know like feeling grateful for the things I have and also just really the how important community is to me and serving your community and like having kind of dependent interdependence on each other from a different cultural standpoint we don't really get that in the U.S. We get taught to be independent and not depend on anybody else. And <laughs> yeah. it's just a different mindset. So having having the opportunity to see that type of, like, just a different way of looking at the world was, was huge, something I took away. It's kind of funny because you're mentioning, like, a lot of the benefits that someone I've talked to previously mentioned. They didn't want to join the Peace Corps because, like, it had a kind of bad reputation in other countries, certain countries. Sure. So why did you go for the Peace Corps? That's a good question. I think coming out of college, I sometimes ignorance is bliss in a way. <laughs> you know, I didn't know anything about it having a bad reputation or people, other people who'd been in the Peace Corps. I didn't know anyone who had and had different experiences. So for me, it was, I, I got to kind of just see the the perks. And that was, that worked out great for me because then I got to go have my own experience of it and not kind of have a different mindset coming in or worries about it. But yeah, you know, I think each of us kind of knowing what we know at the time we choose to do things get to make, you know, that, that affects the decision you're going to make. So moving off of college, before we even talk about like what your job is exactly, how did you discover it? It's just, it's one of those things that like it's, I can't even like in college imagine like hearing about it. So yeah. how did that happen? For yeah, you? so I work for the US Forest Service and when you think about the Forest Service, a lot of people don't really know like what what is that? What do you do in the Forest Service? It's a federal agency. So I work for the federal government and most people interact with our national forests. So if you've gone camping or hiking on Mount Hood, you've been in the Mount Hood National Forest. You might not realize that's where you are and like who manages and takes care of that land. Mm -hmm. But the Forest Service takes care of a huge amount of land in the United States, especially in the West where we live. And growing up in the Pacific Northwest, I think I, I 
knew that I loved going camping and I loved going hiking and I got to do those things as a kid, but I never thought about like, oh, it's the forest service that does that. But, you know, I, I think I discovered the opportunity of, of that being a career more through college internships and working for small nonprofits and then kind of heard about oh you could work you could do the same kind of work for the forest service you could do it same kind of work for like state agencies and lots of other places but when I came out of the Peace Corps because you get kind of a federal hiring incentive or just a chance to apply to jobs that you wouldn't have a chance to otherwise so for me that kind of then started me thinking about the Forest Service. At the time, I knew nothing about like what kind of job I might do. I just knew that I, I love working outside. <laughs> so if you like working outside, then you get kind of, will learn a few different skills of, and you can apply for different jobs. So I think it's a lot of times your career is, it's a journey. You don't know at the time, like the first job you get, how that's gonna transfer to the next job you have two years later or two years after that. So my current job title, I am a forester, but I'm also a biometrician, which is a word nobody can even guess what that means. But biometrics is basically just like measurements of living things. I run an inventory where we, we make like the census of the country's trees. So it's kind of like the census that counts people, but we count and measure all the trees and we get to share the information about how they're changing over time. So like how much carbon is stored in our forests is one major piece of that, but there's lots of other uses for that information. That's really cool. <laughs> the fact that there's a census for trees. There is. Yep. There's people out there and it's, it's pretty cool. You know, my first job right out of grad school, I wanted to keep working outside because I knew I probably wouldn't get to do that my whole life. So I was like a few more years of getting to work outside. This is great. You know, I'll take a job. So I got to travel around and go to a different place every day and see a huge amount of the state of Oregon going out and measuring trees and vegetation and other things for our forest inventory for a couple years. Are there career paths or like similar jobs to what you do, but for people who aren't as like, I want to go on a hike every day kind of people? (laughs) Sure, absolutely. I think within even just the Forest Service, which is my agency, there are all sorts of career paths and all, you know, every job in the agency is really important. And, you know, some of them are the folks who sit behind the front desk and people come in and ask questions about all sorts of things in the forest. You know, where can I get firewood to where's the coolest place to go hiking? Or like, what's the fire risk? And is my house gonna burn down next week? You know, like everything in between. So that those are pretty cool jobs that, you know, you don't have to go outdoors, but it's very important. There's public affairs people who are communications experts. There's engineers who like maintain our our trails and bridges and roads. There's people in forest products that are very important to rural economies. There's wildlife biologists, there's hydrologists, there's, you know, just you name it, all sorts of things. And so you don't necessarily have to be an outdoor enthusiast to to do this type of work, but it definitely, it tends to attract that type of person. but we have all sorts of people who work for us. You know, we have a military veteran who worked for 20 years in the military before he came to work with my team. And then we have people who, you know, it's kind of their second career after they decided to switch. So everything in between. Going back to something you said about your middle school self, 
you said that you were shy, but on your resume, you mentioned that you're like really good with communication and leadership. So how did you like go from being shy and to developing the skills to be good at those things? Yeah, it's more about just like seeing your strengths and weaknesses. And when you think about how you put them on a resume or how you apply them when you're at work, I think, you know, in maybe just like average social life, I'm not the social butterfly by any means. But when I'm in a setting where like I'm talking about something that I know and at work often you're like leading a project of things that you know how to do or you're the expert in I'm not shy at all you know so I've learned that you know it's it's more about just like how what setting you're in and that actually I do have a lot of good communication skills partially because of the college I went to and the classes I took and how I learned how to write clearly and speak clearly um, even though I would not describe myself as an outgoing person you know and for leadership skills I think that's something that you learn over time and it starts with just things like doing a silver award for Girl Scouts or whatever any of these things you know it's like you learn how to 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 lead a project and you learn the steps that are required and how people work together and so then yeah you can apply that in in your career to go cool places and stuff but yeah I, I I think I was a Girl Scout into seventh grade. So your job kind of seems like the kind that might have a lot of like travel opportunities. Um, Is that like true? Are there? And Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, I did a few years back. I, because the U.S. is kind of a world leader with forestry research. We do. I have lots of colleagues who've had opportunities to go to other to other countries and like help countries who are just developing their own tree census. And I had an opportunity probably about five years ago to go to Peru for a week and do similar things, you know, and help give a workshop and work. So that was a pretty cool opportunity that just because I have the particular skills in my job that I do. I got to be part of. So we recently here in Oregon had a big forest fire. What was your job like then? Like what were you focusing on? Yeah, so the the fires that happened in 2020, the Labor Day fires were shocking to everybody I think that lives in Oregon. And you know, for us in the Forest Service, fire protection and, and firefighting is basically half of our agency. So that's another whole career path that other, you know, most people don't think of as like, yeah, I want to go be a wildland firefighter (laughs) and, you know, hike out into the wilderness to put out fires. Or most of the time you're not trying to put the fires out because nature is, you know, nature has her own way. We're not going to control it, Mm -hmm. but you're really trying to protect property. So you're, the firefighters are out surrounding houses to protect those houses, even if the forest is going to burn. And that's what happened in the the Labor Day fires in 2020, you know, so that's a whole, a whole other career path that I don't particularly work in, but we're in my office, we're all involved in not just the fires when they happen, but then the recovering from the fires. So my particular job is a lot about forest statistics and crunching the numbers and doing the math to provide information about like how much carbon just burned up, mm-hmm. how many trees were killed, you know, how how what's that going likely to be like 
10 and 20 and 50 years down the line, how fast is that forest going to regrow? Is it, you know, is it a problem or not? Is often a question. So it's kind of that critical thinking is an important part to try to interpret. You know, you have Mm -hmm. the very kind of hard and fast math part of a job, but then that interpretation and then how you translate that into information that you share with different audiences, the public or, you know, like Congress members, you're going to share very different information with the public (laughs) than you would with like members of Congress that are going to be writing the legislation and providing funding for the recover. So kind of, you know, I think some of the important skills you, you apply are just that kind of, like I said, writing skill is something that in high school, I had no idea writing skill was going to be important for me, but it's very important. I use it daily, whether it's just writing emails to your colleagues back and forth or creating briefings or kind of learning how to distill information into short bullets that people can understand. So that writing skill is actually, I think, probably important in most careers, even though when you're asked to write a five paragraph (laughs) essay, you're just like another one of these, come on, you know, but, but yeah, it, it comes in handy. And I think just that, that ability to be decisive is something that has been important in my career and important for me as I moved up into higher positions. Um, because you you know somebody who can take in information and look at it and analyze it and then make a quick decision and act on it is an important important part of my job to be able to kind of like quickly move in and decide okay these fires happen what do we do about it you know what information do we have who do we need to talk to quickly or first and then getting the information out to the those people you mentioned how like you didn't think that writing was going to be very important, but it turns out it was. Are there any other skills that like you weren't expecting to be important, but now you are really glad you have? Yeah, I think I, I said a little bit that going to college for me, I think the biggest part you take away is not not necessarily which specific class you took or which skill you learned in a certain class, but it's more about like learning how to learn. So in college, you know, in high school, usually your professor, you know, your teachers are going to say you need to do this specific thing. You need to study these three things for the test coming up. Mm -hmm. In college, it gets a little different where it's like, well, okay, like go do the reading and you're going to have a test and you're not going to be told like what the test is going to be about. And you're learning how, you know, if you need to solve a certain problem, how to go find the right information that's going to help you solve it. And I think that's a skill that, you know, some people learn at different parts of their career or parts of their school, but it's kind of, yeah, learning how to not just problem solve, but learning how to, like, how much research to do, how much information to go search, and then, like, when you have enough and applying that information so it's not a direct skill per se you know that doesn't have no one in in high school is going to tell you that you know you need to learn how to learn but I think it it has been really important in giving you options in your career because once you learn how to learn new things and I think then then you have self-confidence and you know that like the next challenge or the next promotion you have confidence to know that you can take that on and you can learn it and you can become good at it I think part of where I learned that kind of self-confidence, one example I think of is when I went to the Peace Corps, you know, I thought, oh, I'm going to go somewhere in Latin America and I'm going to learn Spanish. 
and then I got this offer to go to Paraguay and it said, oh, actually, most people in Paraguay don't actually speak Spanish. They speak this local dialect. And like, oh, as a Peace Corps volunteer, you're going to learn a totally new language that's only spoken in this one country. And I was like, wow, that's going to be really hard, you know. But then after two years of living in that country and learning it and learning to that I could learn something totally mm-hmm. foreign to me and totally hard, you know, I think that gave me a self-confidence and my ability to like just go into a situation where I was completely uncomfortable and and work through it and learn and become confident there so that's that's another kind of skill of like learning how to do hard things <laughs> maybe that you know no one in college is going to teach you hey this class is going to teach you how to do hard things but a lot of college classes you take to like challenge yourself and that's kind of what you're learning as you work through it no matter what career path you're, you're on. So you mentioned a few times working with the federal federal government, and you also mentioned like not really knowing who to contact a, about that and whatever. Well, about your current career. So, how did you go from like reaching to it to your current role? So there were a couple places I I started. Um, I think I I when I first came back from the Peace Corps and I was looking for jobs, I was kind of like using all of my network that I had. And I think that's something that I've had to learn over time to feel comfortable, but somebody starting out should be encouraged to do. So, you know, I I think we had like a neighbor from high school who somebody was like, oh, by the way, did you hear that person worked for this agency? And I said, oh, no, I never knew. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, somebody who you grew up with, but you just never knew what they did. So I I did, I like called that person up and had an interview with them and just just, just asked them about like, how did you get started? What did you do? What do you do now? And I also did similar things. through some of my college resources. I'm just reaching out to professors and asking, hey, do you know anybody who's hiring in this field? And you use that network where you might know one person that's not related, but then they know somebody who knows somebody else who connects you to the person you need to talk to. So I think one of the things when I was in college, I had an opportunity to be part of a like women's leadership network where like I went to a training and they said hey like use every network you have because a lot of times women don't do that for ourselves and so once you're you know don't ever be afraid to like ask that question what's the worst thing that could happen they'll just not respond to your email you know like who cares (laughs) so it's just like not thinking that it's a really big deal and just like putting yourself out there and so that that's true of like getting public service or conservation but just anything you want to do no one's going to help you do it unless you tell them you want to do it your field seems like it a lot of science and maybe some math and those are generally male dominated fields is that true for your job as well and if so how did you kind of overcome some of that yeah, I think when I first started and thought about where what I wanted to do for college, one thing that I remember is you take the, kind of the college entrance tests, and I started getting all these flyers in the mail for engineering colleges because I got good math, but I didn't know anything about engineering or any of that stuff. And, you know, nobody really in my family or my network was an engineer, so I... It, I was just kind of like, eh, I, I don't know anything about engineering. And I think that happens to a lot of women. They don't, they're not encouraged to pursue different careers because just there's nobody there telling them they should. Um, 
And so I think when I got, I, I decided I wanted to study biology, I chose that, a college that had a good biology program. You're surrounded by by mentors, and I think for me finding, I had a couple really good professors. One was a man and one was a woman, but I think having that like female professor that was a good mentor for me really helped me feel confident that that was a career field that I could be part of. So that that is important to find people, even if they're not directly in your high school or in your college, but find the people who are going to be supporting you and telling you like, yes, you're good at this, you know, yes, you can do this thing. But also I think as I've gotten into my career, the the work I do with the Forest Service is still, um, there are more men than women in my field. And especially in my particular niche that is very mathematically oriented and kind of math and statistics. And I kind of just like stumbled into that niche, which is interesting that, that, you know, I didn't study specifically to be a biometrician or to learn statistics. I just knew I liked conservation and I liked biology. Um, But I think naturally, if you have that kind of skill set, and you you learn how to be self-confident, then you're going to be led into those type of careers that are more technical. And having that self-confidence to just say like, hey, I'm good at this thing. And when you have projects that no one else wants to do, and you're like, I'll do it. Sure, I'll take that on. You know, I think putting yourself out there and having that self-confidence to put yourself out there and just like say yes to things goes a long way in in getting into a field that might not be as female dominated, but but just having that confidence that you know, learning to say like, yes, I can do this just as well as anybody else. Sure, I'm going to apply for this. Um is is really important and and then also finding the people who are going to support you once you do apply for those things. And would you say the fact that you were a female interested in biology helped you get into your college or even like once you had both of your degrees helped you get into your job? I don't know whether like gender made a difference in you know as I was applying or you know when I was first getting started STEM wasn't really an acronym that people talked about but Mm -hmm. they knew that of course there were less women in those fields but I I think I've been lucky to be in an environment my whole career where I felt like I had supportive leaders and I had people who you know I never felt discrimination or harassment or any of those things throughout my career whereas a lot of people do encounter that so I think I think I've been lucky to be in an environment that has been just, yeah, like very supportive and inclusive. Is there anything you wanted to add that I did not bring up? I would just say for anyone who's starting out and thinking about opportunities that the sky really is the limit. You know, I think most of us are limited only by our own hesitation in life. And so be, yeah, learning that confidence and really just like faking the confidence when you don't feel it it really is true you can just like you know learning how to learn things and you know I might say yes I'm gonna apply for this job right now and I don't know you know I don't feel like I'm an expert in this but that's okay you can learn to be an expert and then all of a sudden a year later you are an expert so I think that's something just kind of don't be afraid to use your network don't be afraid to ask people questions and don't be afraid to just like put yourself out there and and go into uncomfortable situations or be awkward until then it becomes comfortable. 
And our final traditional question. What advice would you give to 13 or 15 year old you? Oh, that's a great question. I think I would kind of what I said about just like, don't hold yourself back. Don't be afraid to, if you have something, you know, you saw something on social media or you heard about something happening on a Saturday and you're like, that kind of sounds cool, but like, I don't want to be like the nerdy person who does this thing, you know, like, Mm -hmm. don't be afraid. Just say like, hey, like, I like this. I'm interested and tell people about it and go do it, you know. I think a lot of times when we're younger, we're we're afraid to be different. But then once you get to be older, like those differences are the the coolest things about you. So like just embrace that and don't don't be afraid to kind of just enjoy it. Yeah, that is great advice. Well, thank you so much for coming and doing this. It was honestly really interesting to hear about your career. Thank you. It's just always great to, to get to be part and to, to help some, some Girl Scouts out as well.